Right, so I'm going to start by reading the verse um, and then... Where did I start? There we are. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against such things and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, I'm going to read the passage in context in a bit, but I just want to welcome you all to our new series. I have the privileged position of starting off the new series, so I have been primed and prepped so that I I, uh, kick us off to a good start. Um, So, initially, it's very, very important you know that there is one fruit of the Spirit with many sides. And uh, when I was prepping for this... uh, uh, do I call it a sermon or a talk? Or no, whatever you want. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what we're supposed to call it, but anyway. Um, so when I was, uh, was preparing for this preach, um, I was I got a little bit distracted, but I was complaining a few weeks ago that I was terrible at 3D paint. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, I've mastered it. I found how to get text into a picture, um, but I can't take full credit. So the logo you might have seen on on Facebook. Um, I have to give credit to Jeff Wan for that. I found that online and, and, you know, made a few changes. I put the colour in the words in, but other than that, it was all his. So, yes, we have a jazzy new banner on our Facebook page. So, this this passage is... Uh, I, I'm going to say that it's about the transformation and the outworking of our spiritual freedom as disciples of Jesus. I wanted to give us some context for this passage. So if you'll bear with me for a moment, I'm going to read what comes before it. We're in Galatians 5 and I'm starting on verse 13. For you who were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. So, may seem obvious, but this fruit, which I'm going, I'm going to talk about love, so we've, we've divvied out the different attributes of this fruit, and I get to start with love. So, I, I did initially think, well, gosh, how am I going to teach you lot about love? I'm sure you know far better than I do about what love is. Um, but uh, I, I got thinking that actually we need to look at what it is to be loving according to how the Spirit has led us to love. And this is something I would say is, is no, no simple thing, but actually it's a, a supernatural thing. Um, so... I, I did. I did have a few ideas about. Um, I, I just kept thinking of certain pop songs when when I started preparing this. So, I, and and um, my early early memories um, throw back to the nineties. So, how today? What is love? And and there were two robins that sang a song about show me love. Um, you probably know them better than I do, but I certainly heard them a bit. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to preach about those. Um, I do have various verses here, but I wonder actually if anyone's got something on the tip of their tongue to share about a, a verse, you know, where scripture tells us about what love is. Yep, I've got that here, and it's John fifteen thirteen. Yes. Love is kind, love is patient. It's good. That's actually, there's, that's quite a long passage. Um, I've got it all written out here, but it, it, you might get bored of me just reading passages at you. Um, but it, it, was, it was kind of in the same, same breath, thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's easy to confuse the two if you're dipping, if you're kind of, right, okay, so it's, I know these, there's nine of them and there, this, this and this. But some of these things in Corinthians 1 creep up. So love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This passage is actually um, really special, um, and it puts me in mind of the many, many people I've known throughout my life. I wasn't brought up Christian, but I've, I've always known Christians. And um, when I first became a Christian, I attended a church, actually no, when I came to, back to Britain, um, I came, uh, back to a church in Chester, and they they showed me what it was to be a Christian community. And for them, they just did hosting really well. They they um, they just had this simple understanding that actually, particularly on a Sunday, it's a great opportunity to have folk round and and do dinner together. And so this is kind of a. a a key thing and it's in some ways a very simple thing um, that we can do to just share love together um, I believe that this this 
fruit of love is about the the best of what we can be as a Christian community. Um, But I'm going off the notes a bit, so I might end up doubling myself up. So, let me give you another example. So, um, I have a very good friend who, uh, not so many years ago, took in a homeless chap. Now, I'm not saying... These examples are not to say what what extravagant, what sacrificial love is, but they, they serve to, to give an example of, of something that I want to talk about later. So um, this, this particular lady, she, she had such a burden for a particular homeless guy that um, I happen to know of, um, and he disclosed that he had alcohol, um, alcoholic addiction um but as far as she knew that was it well uh, at great cost of her own at risk of her own reputation and being in a a multiplex of flats where there's a one communal door um she took a risk in letting him in because when you as you'll know in like tenements would be equivalent um there's one one door to the exit, but actually you've got a responsibility to your neighbours to make sure that 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 door is safe. And so it was very important that no one found out that he was supposed to be staying more than just the one night. Um, She really wanted him to get uh, the, the appropriate help for PTSD and other stuff. Anyway, without going into all of that, he really let her down actually because he he ended up taking her credit card out of her purse and she was absolutely devastated and what came out of it was was that he'd he'd actually lied about something it's very common for homeless folk to to feel they need to lie because of their their backgrounds and whatnot but um it was really upsetting for her but (coughs) very occasionally your Christian faith and your conversation with God makes you do messy things. And I believe, I, I truly believe that they are sometimes the right things. And I'm not going to say whether what she did was right or wrong. She wasn't fully informed as to what she was getting herself into. But I, I, would, I, would, I would say that actually when the love of God touches your heart um, and the love that we're to share of the Spirit actually first comes from God. It, it is, uh, it, it, this verse is not referring to the love of God for us. It's, a, it's about agape love for one another. But when we haven't first known love, which is one of the verses I had. Um, oh, it's not popping out at me. But it, there, it, there, are, there are several examples in scripture where we're reminded that it's the love we receive of God that then enables us to love one another in the way we know or the way we'd like to or in the way he'd like us to. And so um, I'm going to go a bit further and actually say that um, that when we, when we receive that love of God, and we know, we, we've, we've been loved from the Father, we receive the Father heart for us, it can very often ruin us. It can, 
change us beyond our own recognition. And sometimes, you know, you, you said you saw a change in this guy's eyes. Um, we can see that change in others visibly, but in the way our character has changed, it's phenomenal. And, and so I'd go as far as to say that, um, that actually it ruins, it can ruin us for who we were. Um, I mean, what I mean by that is we don't really know how to, what to do with it. It's, does anyone disagree? can be overwhelming and and you can you can ask yourself well where do I go from here this is this is this changes how I live my life um so yeah I've I've gone a, I've gone a bit far as to say it can ruin us never print on both sides I was trying to save paper so Um, so another example of how we become messy when we have been transformed by God. I, I wanted to give you something scriptural in case you're thinking I was getting really woolly. So I thought of David um, in the, uh, I think it's later on his, in his life. So he's, he's already beaten Goliath and he gets so taken up in his worship to God that he gets himself naked and dances before the Lord. And I, I kind of, I don't do that a great deal. I, I don't think I've, I might have only ever done that once. But, but you can't say that the love of God doesn't make you do silly things because it's there in the word, okay? So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I just thought I'd give you an example. And the Lord takes us to places that we'd never in our human nature, in our own fleshly, self-respecting mind would ever take us to um, and that's really where I'm building to um, so that's a wonderful thing it's amazing and yes we don't always know how to live that out well and I want to share something that is something I've never heard anyone preach on so I'd be interested to know if you've heard lots of teaching on this or discussion about it but it's one of those things that we as Christians don't don't find easy to talk about, and I think it can, be, it can be a bit of a problem. I think that there are experienced, devoted Christian leaders all over the world who have, have misunderstood the burden of compassion on their own hearts, and they have made it something for themselves. So... Um, it can feel very personal when God puts someone on your heart. I've met so many amazing people because I've just had the opportunity to go out there with some random item that actually does have a meaning to it. And I'm seeking for the person that God wants that to go to. So I've had the opportunity to represent him for a simple message. And very often, this is for people who are who may not know God, may already know God, but they're very often people I don't know. And there is, there is a pure moment in that interaction. There is something... Th those moments can be the most profound moments of love between two people. And it's because 
God wanted to touch that person's life. People haven't always understood that. Um, when we see godly love in one another, it's very charming. And if someone doesn't know the Lord, they may not understand where you're coming from. But I'm not just talking about ministry and, and evangelism. I'm talking about the love we have for one another. Um, it can sometimes... I think there's two ends of the spectrum that, that um, aren't spoken about enough. I think sometimes we're too afraid of one another, that we, we're, we're on the back foot, we're in caution. We're, we're either carrying hurts from the past or we've been primed to be too careful and we miss those opportunities of genuinely sibling in the Lord, brother and sister in Christ, sister and sister, brother and brother, profound moments of intimacy. They're not... They would, they would differ depending on the situation. But I think sometimes they're missed because there's too much worldly thinking going on. We're too aware of the risks, too aware of the problems. And unlike my friend who, who took that leap, how often do we walk past this homeless guy or, um, or our, our jobs mean that we can't actually befriend someone? And I understand those parameters need to be in place, but we mustn't let that poison, not poison, we mustn't let that restriction. restrict who we are as a church body. And I actually, I, I hear of people talking a lot about churches without walls. We want to be open and welcoming. And I feel that actually very often that, that um, A, no strings attached, but B, also, I'm going to be as open and, and transparent and available to this person, whether they're part of my church or not, because of the love I have been given. And I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be anything other than who I am at this moment for this person. And I, I, I just want to prompt you to think about when you've perhaps withheld yourself from something you've got total freedom to be. I'm not saying don't do something you're not at peace to do, but, but don't be afraid to be yourself in safe places. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very complicated because there's obviously places that aren't safe and there are many people that, that actually... Love is something that most people understand, but the, the love and devotion that comes of the Spirit, this fruit that we're talking of, it's, it's different. You know, there's a verse that says we're, we're, we're to the pagans or the, the people that don't identify with, with our worldview, with our, our Christian belief, who don't know God and don't claim to know God. They still know what love is and they have an understand. They, they, they feed their children, they, they treat them, they care for them. So what does it mean for us? If we have this this spiritual gift. I was trying not to say spiritual gift. We have this spiritual fruit. 
is it reasonable to expect something more risky um, of ourselves? And that honestly has to be between you and God. I'm not telling you to do anything you do not have peace to do. It is the spirit that gives you that fruit. It's not me pushing it. Um, and this leads on to what I was trying to say earlier. So sometimes that deep, deep, deep compassion we have for people gets confused in our minds. And I honestly think what happens is we take it upon ourselves to be God and fix someone's problems. Um, we, we might develop an inappropriate friendship or we obsess over someone and we think oh we've got to help them with this that and the other and we start trying to do what actually they're not ready to do and God hasn't prompted them to do so I do think actually at the other end of the line we have a we have a risk of um misunderstanding the love that God's given us and as ministers of God because we're all ministers when we're in Christ we we don't talk to each other enough about our our struggles in trying to witness godly lives um, without those relationships sometimes going too far um, and this it might seem might sound a bit ridiculous but actually it's often those that are most afraid to be themselves in everyday friendships like we have here it's often those people that actually their relationships become inappropriate with one person in a one-to-one setting that isn't their spouse or you know family member or close friend there is something corrupted by that because actually something of their need is not being met um, I don't know if that makes sense so without getting too heavy and forgetting that there is always grace and actually you know we're talking about something wonderful which is love um, the thing that happened in the Garden of Eden the, the sin that entered the world caused Adam to be separated from Eve. They did not know and understand one another. At the Tower of Babel, tribe was separated from tribe. And so it is only um, by, by the power of God that we actually can love purely between one another, that we can... And we, we must take every opportunity to delight in that and to, to, to bask in God's love and to share that with one another. Um, so this fruit of love reconciles humanity to each other and makes a way to respect, to fondness, to admiration to our continual reconciliation to who we are in God and to one another. And such love between two people, I believe, is a taste of heaven on earth.
I'd like us to pray um, and there will be time at the end for folk to come and, and be prayed for to receive the love of God or to be encouraged in, in how we individually can appropriately live that fullness of the love God wants us to share with one another. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for love that you give us, that we can bask in. Your love is a love that transforms our very being. We thank you for this abundant fruit that we can share according to our revelation, according to our freedom and the freedom of others. Let us boldly and sensitively love according to your plan for each of us and give us courage to live this faithfully according to the power of your spirit from where all this love we carry comes. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.